Uh, Sebastian Selvo, Tabor Seawolf, Fairfield baseball player. Um, he's the co-host of the Stay Busy pod, uh, radio show on Hot 96.9 in Boston. Um, we were high school football player teammates, and I'm kind of just like reaching out. It's good to see you, man. I haven't seen you or good talked to you in too, like man. 10 years, bro. So. I know. It's crazy that boarding school life, everyone's from all over and, and we just kind of go our ways. But luckily for social media, we can, we can stay in touch. We can stay connected. Yeah, man. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, I am trying to, I was starting a pod, a sports podcast about two and a half years ago is when I first got the idea to do something. I don't know if you've seen a couple of my stuff on my social media, but, yep. um, I've sort of been like struggling with this. And now that with this coronavirus is going on, I have so much time with me being on unemployment. Um, I tried to sort of get back into it and I've sort of been struggling to make some content. I thought, well, let's just like talk about what's going on right now in my life. And like, for me personally, I'm struggling to do a podcast. So I thought I would reach out to some people who are sort of in that creative field, whether you're a musician, a writer, a com a com uh, comedian, radio host like you. And I've seen you recently, you're starting to start to take off with your show. So my friend, like, what, you want to tell a little bit about your show and sort of how it started and things like that? Yeah. So the Stay Busy TV is actually a component of the startup company that I started two years ago, uh, Busy LLC, or formerly known as uh, Stay Busy. So we're actually using the Stay Busy TV to kind of create YouTube content um, about entrepreneurs, uh, people in business, um, successful people in their field, and how they kind of networked communicated um, on their way to the top or to the, to the point where they're at in their field right now. So, I mean, the actual episode with uh, Hot 96.9 in Boston was uh, with DJ Roy Barboza. Um, we have a connection with him through our graphic designer, uh, Dan Bigelow, who does great work for our products. Um, and he just kind of led us into the radio station for the day to, to see how they do that, how they, how they run their show, how kind of 96.9 runs in and out. I mean, we were in the same building as uh, Zolak, wow. Bertrand, uh, Maz, Felger. I mean, oh, these guys man. brushed their shoulders with us. It was insane, man. I'm watching them live um, in the studio doing their thing and just kind of seeing the ins and outs of radio. Um, we're going to be dropping an episode once a month. Um, with different people. I mean, we, we interviewed Sean Milliken of the brand for Boston. I don't know if you've seen the Patriots players uh, wearing those Boston hats or um, like the Brady, Brady, Brady shirts. Anyway, it's this, this guy, Sean Milliken, great creative, uh, great designer, great fashion kind of mind. He is a firefighter in North End on Hanover Street. He has this uh, merchandise streetwear brand that's being worn by Patriots, Celtics, all these guys. So he was our first interview. We dropped that in March. Uh, April was Roy Barboza at Hot 96.9. Um, May is going to be Frankie Mendoza, who's an owner of Monica's Trattoria, which is a restaurant in the North End. Uh, we interviewed Mike Crispino, formerly of ESPN, New York Knicks, MSG Radio. Uh, he's with iHeartRadio right now in uh, Hartford, covering UConn Huskies, baseball, basketball, football. Um, Bill Phelps, CEO of... Uh, Wetzel's Pretzels, well, co-founder of Wetzel's Pretzels and Blaze Pizza uh, and Dave's Hot Chicken. He's also a Tabor grad, class of 1974. So, so the Stay Busy TV, as I digress, is a kind of media arm of our actual company that my brother and I started. Uh, we're building a tech application for digital business cards. So our YouTube content is kind of just us in the streets talking with people about networking, which is essentially the main feature of our application. So the, the whole creative vision behind the Stay Busy TV is to kind of tell people's stories, right? Getting people in whatever field it is to tell their story because the common theme is they all failed. They all went out on a limb. They all went out on faith. They all bet on themselves. They all asked for help. They were all thrown to their knees. And it's funny how everybody tells the story and every single person we've interviewed so far mentions the journey talks about the importance of the journey, talks about the importance of taking that leap, jumping into that, that realm of um, make it or break it and seeing what actually happens when you bet on yourself. And, and every single person that we have interviewed, we're going to drop one a month for this year, is so far we've completed eight or nine of them. And every single person comes back to the journey, 
how they just dove in, the negative energy that they had to avoid, the people who doubted them, hated on them, or, or didn't help them or didn't believe in them until they made it. Um, so I'm really excited to see what Stay Busy TV can kind of bring to the public, whoever's coming across our content. Um, but it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting content strategy for the actual business that we started, um, which at the heart of it is to kind of improve the way we connect and network moving forward. I mean, paper business cards are pretty much useless. We're all on smartphones. The first thing you're going to do when you grab a paper, paper business card is use your phone to call the number, write the email, check the social media. So why not have it on your phone, right? So uh, that's, that's pretty much what Stay Busy TV is about. I've been blessed to kind of have people let us in. We were with Dave Meltzer for a day. I don't know if you're familiar with David Meltzer, but he's the uh, CEO of Sports One Marketing. He's, he's very um, content driven on social media about gratitude. Yeah, I've seen him. Yep. He's an awesome guy. So we got to shadow him for a day in Manhattan. He was doing interviews at Barstool Sports Headquarters, um, Entrepreneur Magazine um, that day. So it was pretty, pretty, it's been pretty neat, the journey. I mean, I couldn't imagine any of this would be possible two years ago teaching math at New Bedford High School, um, you know, proctoring MCAS. You know, I'm, 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 I've now kind of gone through it for a year and we're nowhere near, you know, where we want to be. But there's something, there's something in, in the journey. There's a lot of power in it. And I, I honestly encourage anybody listening to, to just take that leap, man. Like, like I started doing photo like in high school, right? Started taking pictures. Wanted to be in photo club, but I was in all these sports things with, with Tabor. So, so I couldn't get into photo, photo pool, whatever. Got to college, had the opportunity to take a class, you know, actually learn how to use a camera, how to, how to take shots, how to, how to, kind of mirror subject stuff like that always had a smartphone in my hand whenever we would travel I'd be taking pictures you know when I coach I coach travel baseball we'll go tournaments all across New England we're staying in hotels I'll get up I'll go hiking somewhere and take pictures um nature whatever it may be it's just an interesting thing to kind of now bring it to film and try and kind of conceptualize what we're going to film on site before we even get there and then make it all come together, get behind the computer, start editing. You know, it's really cool to kind of tell your own story, tell other people's stories and be behind the camera, be behind the design of the shot, stuff like that. I mean, I'm no expert, but you got to just go as you go and, and keep developing, you know? Dude, first off, like, congrats on all that success. That sounds so dope. Like, it seems like this thing is like really taken off and everything you're saying, I'm like relating it to like myself. Like, I feel like we sort of have like a similar path. You were taking like photograph, photo classes in high school. You were teaching math. And my question for you is I was doing the same thing. I was actually teaching math here at a, uh, a, ch a charter school here in Manhattan for a little while. How yep. did you go from, you know, teaching math, proctoring exams to like, I want to step outside into the creative world. I know you did some stuff in high school with photographs, but that's a little different than doing like a marketing show and connecting people. So what was that step like? Well, to be honest, um, it's a few things, but the main thing not to, not to be cliche was honestly my students, man. Like, like my students, my students were a very big inspiration to me. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with New Bedford, Massachusetts, but I mean, it's an urban center. It's, it's not one. It's not an easy place to really grow up. It's a beautiful place. It's a great place. It's unbelievable culture, unbelievable people in the city of New Bedford. But a lot of these kids come from inner city homes, you know, and and they're survivors. And just seeing these kids every day, you know, in my math class, seeing how they, you know, whether it be kids who make music in my math class that were trying to make music videos on YouTube or it's kids who are drawn when they're done with their assignments, like just seeing how creative these kids are and how, you know, when I was a kid in high school, I was like very, very driven to kind of take a hold of my future and, and make my dreams a reality. And just being inspired by that youth and that, that vibrance in, in their vision, their dreams kind of made me think while I'm proctoring these exams, like, you know, I love what I do as an educator, but I got dreams too. I want to be creative too. And if I'm telling my kids, preaching to my kids every day in the classroom, you know, you need to shoot for the stars. You need to aim as high as you can. You need to go for that thing. You need to write that essay to that college. You know, who am I not to take my own advice? Right. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and to add on top of that, it was just kind of like my life flashed before me, man. Like you're, you're teaching math. You're, you're, you know, you're, it's such a routine, you know, you're, you're on, the clock every day you know when the bell is going to ring you know when you're going to eat lunch 
down to you can kind of predict kids' behaviors. I know when there's going to be a fight in the hallway, stuff like that. Everything was kind of scheduled, and I kind of wanted to break out of that regimen and really just not make it a free-for-all, but make my choice to be free and let my mind kind of explore and take this as far as I can and not kind of be confined to that structured planned life that everybody kind of falls into doing, you know? Dude, it's, it's scary to take that leap. And it's kind of like, it's an unknown. It's petrifying. It's petrifying. And it's like, you know, am I going to be, I might be successful. I think the realization of I might be successful, I might fail, motivates you to work harder. Like, no, like there are people who say like, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail. Like I, I can understand that mindset of just like constant success, but also the realization of, I think for me personally, like, holy shit, dude, if I don't like, I got to get my shit together or I'm going to fail. And that motivates me to move forward. Um, Absolutely. and I think that like, let me ask you this. What would, what would, what does success look like to you on a short term, medium and like long term success look like to you in this field? I mean, success honestly looks like being able to do this for my life, you know, being able to take care of my family first and foremost, you know, being able to allow and, and, and build this business with, with my brother and some of his, his closest friends, some of my closest friends and see us all win, you know, and really just changing the world realistically. Like, like we're, we're at a point in time where, building tech and creating on social media and creating content is, is like the new gold rush. You know, if you tell a story or create a product and tell that product story in a, in a good way, people are going to be drawn to it and you're going to run into um, customers, lifelong relationships, stuff that you could never fathom if you never stepped out of that comfort zone, you know, and success really looks like not dollar signs to me, you know, but being able to, provide and make sure that my family knows that we did our all on this and we changed the world. We cur curtailed, you know, the environmental impact of 24 million business cards being printed a day in the U S you know, like, and people just adding to carbon emissions, adding to, you know, that environmental negative externality all the while giving people who might not be as qualified to have a LinkedIn profile, but aren't entrepreneur, have their own small business, you know, a digital business card credential that makes them look more sophisticated than their competitor. I mean, that's really what success looks like, you know, ushering this digital business card into the future and really getting people to, to bring it into the culture and embrace it and understand that, A, it's, you, you know, it's, it's feasible. It's, it's, it's something that, we can use, you know, and it makes sense. And B, it actually helps the modern entrepreneur, you know, and just making impact realistically and, and being authentic, you know, success, success to me is, is staying authentic to myself and taking care of those around me and just seeing this as far as we can realistically. Yeah, dude, I, I've, everyone I've talked to for this series I'm doing, everyone just says authenticity and you got to be yourself. And I think for a lot of people that's challenging because it's a, it's a hard, like stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I think that the, one of the hardest things is taking that first step into doing a creative project like you did. And like, I'm trying to do now is like, you have this idea in your head. I want to do this. I want to be an artist. I want to do a podcast series. I want to network and like putting pen to the paper. And I think that, um, let me ask you this. You, do you have, you have a team with you or is it your brother is a couple guys? Three we, guys? We, have a, we have a team. So, um, we have, we have about five people. Um, we have, we have, uh, people who do the SEO and are working for our website and, and all that. Uh, that's a, a married couple, Alex and Kate, they're in, they're in New Jersey. They're great. They're unbelievable at what they do. Um, we have my brother and myself, uh, our friend who does like the filming, editing, um, another one of my brother's friends, uh, one of my friends growing up who does music videos for, um, Montana 300. He's a, a rapper out of Chicago. Uh, my buddy Tim Daly. He's an unbelievable videographer, creative. So he helps out a little bit. Uh, I mentioned earlier Dan Bigelow. He's our graphic designer. He's responsible for designing the business cards, the actual digital business card assets. But I mean, I, this is not just me. I mean, yeah. yeah, the vision the vision was mine and and great. Like I signed the legal paperwork with my brother. But but this 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 thing has nothing is is not me at all. This is this is a collection of people. This is a, a complete team effort. And, and I would say to people who are nervous, who are scared, who are afraid, you cannot do this alone. So 
the quicker you understand that and the quicker you try to identify people around you that could potentially help you or put you in contact with people who will help you and have similar interests and passions, that's where you need to be headed. Um, I could have never done this alone. Uh, that's not even close to possible. Um, but, um, there's the big team around us. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And I want to mention one more thing. It doesn't, it's not going to work for you until in your heart of hearts, your intention is to see this succeed, right? We can, we can want to do this. I know that you're about the podcast and bringing this content and, and curating something that's great that people listen to, that people connect with on a consistent basis. You know, I can, I can, I've known you since high school. I know how passionate you were on the football field. I know how passionate of a dude you were about sports and life in general. And I know that this is going to succeed because of how you feel about this and what you want this to be in your heart of hearts. Your intentions are pure. What you want out of this you're putting out into the universe every single day. So that's the first thing with people who are afraid and people who, people who are scared. A lot of people, Taylor, honestly, don't believe in themselves enough to quiet that fear. You know, if, you, if your belief in yourself is not ultimate and you don't, you don't believe in, in, in being confident enough to be knocked down and get back up going into it, you're never going to succeed, you know? I, I feel like that's, that's very important, you know, putting your intentions into the universe and just believing that nothing is going to stop you. You know, I think that like when I started this, I was able to say the words out loud, like success is not linear. It's like all over the place. I'd like would say that out loud to myself, but I think like to experience coming up with this idea two and a half years ago and to be two and a half years in having some success, not touching it for five months, like to go through that feeling and then talk to guys like you and some other people who have had similar stories, like makes me like live this thing and be like, okay, I, this is something that like, even through failure, I come back to, and I want to give it another try. Like the failure in this has made me want to succeed more. And I think that for like, how you said you've been doing this for two years. Yep. I think that like, I know I talked to, I did a podcast with my friend Dylan St. John, who's the quarterback. When I went to Tillin, he said he yep. did this for a few years. He took five years off. Now he's back into it. He does this thing like full time. He devotes every day to it. And so, yeah, man, failure can like motivate you in many different ways. And there's been times through this quarantine, I, I didn't touch this. I was trying to do different stuff for a, an entire month. I couldn't come up with any cool ideas. I was doing lame TikToks and stuff like that, trying to be like funny. And I was like, I got to start thinking way abstract. Like, what is something I've never tried to do? Well, let's talk about what's going on right now. I'm struggling at something. Let me reach out to some people because I feel like Salvo's probably struggled with some shit in this field at one time or another. So let me ask you this. Are there any projects that you've thought in your head that are like so outside the box that you might be afraid to try or maybe you're not ready for or something that like, like for me example, I thought I have this little like, I, I tried to bring comedy to my last show and I thought it was always be cool to like, do one of those animated videos and be the voices. I feel like sometimes I can do these really cool, creative character voices, but it's something that I'm not ready for yet. What about you? Is there anything you want to try that you might be like afraid to step onto that ledge? Yeah. So I'm actually very happy that you asked me that because this is going to be twofold. So outside of taking pictures and stuff, you know, creating with the, with the digital content, you know, interviews, telling stories, stuff like that. I, I'm a very big fan of screenwriting, right? Like writing, writing for movies, right? So when the Patriots came back against the Atlanta Falcons 28 to three in the Super Bowl, my best friend and I, bro, okay, bro, we, we bro, were, we were yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. That's the, the newspaper <laughs> article is right on my wall. bro. Exactly. So you're going to absolutely love this. You're going to absolutely love this. So that day, well, months in advance, my best friend and I, we were talking, we were like, all right, Pats are going to the Super Bowl this year. We're going to go down to Houston for the Super Bowl. You know, we're not even going to get tickets. We're just going to go down there. We're going to party. We're going to fly back the next day. So long story short, throughout the season, we bought tickets to Houston, plane tickets. We end up going down to Texas. Uh, obviously, you know the story. Patriots down 28 to 3. Patriots come back. They win the Super Bowl. Okay, we were in the streets of Houston. We were partying. We were doing our thing. I'm not going to say any, get into too many crazy details on the podcast, but the day was essentially a Super Bowl Sunday version of Super Bad. That's, 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 <laughs> as, that's, as, simple as, that's as simple as I can put it, right? So, like. So, which not, one of you guys got knocked out by the homeless guy? So, 
we were with homeless people. I'm not going to get too into too into too into detail, but I'm telling you, when you when you hear the story, if you ever hear the story, if this if this movie ever comes to life, I promise you, it will it will be a hundred percent true, and it will be something that's you can't even fathom. Okay, stars align that day. Everybody knows it. If you're a Patriots fan, you know what happened on that day was not human. So you can only you can only imagine what was going on with us in bars in Houston, Texas, deep in the heart of the South while the Patriots again Molly Watts for three quarters. So it was frisky, to put it lightly. But yeah, that, that's like the crazy it's the craziest sports story of all time. But we so we so we we fly back to to Boston, okay, after taking a four hour bus from Houston to Dallas in the middle of the night. So we didn't have to pay six hundred dollars for a return flight. Hey, you went from um, oh, Houston to Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Overnight on a Greyhound so we could fly out for eighty bucks instead of six hundred eighty bucks on uh on that next Monday and we get back and we're like, bro, we need to write this movie. We need to write this. We need to get this on a script, blah, 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 blah. My, my best friend has started. I mean, he's, he's contributed probably like 40 pages to it, but I haven't done anything, man. Like I haven't done anything in regards to getting on the Celtics software, writing this out. Like I haven't done anything. I keep putting it back. I keep like not doing anything, but I know for a fact, we write the script, we give this to a guy like Mark Wahlberg, like it's a wrap, like we're going to be famous, like the movie will be viral, it might be on Netflix and never see the theaters, but it'll be a cult classic. <laughs> now, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take you a little bit forward. So this was obviously years ago when they played the Falcons. Last year, while I was teaching at New Bedford High, the guy who teaches across the hall from me, we get coffee every day during uh, our lunch break, like our coffee break. And he comes up to me and he goes, you know, I, I wrote a script. I want you to check it out. And I'm like, this thing is just coming for me. Like, I, I haven't talked to him about movies. I haven't talked to him about writing. I haven't talked to him about anything. But something in his heart of hearts tells him that he should reach out to me and ask me if I want to edit his script. And we workshopped it every single coffee break for the first, like, three quarters of the year. And I'm still a sounding board for him on it right now during COVID-19. I have, I have the script PDF file on my phone right now on my iBooks. And it's like that, that dream, that thing is coming to find me. Like the universe is putting it in front of me again because I didn't go after it the first time because I was scared, you know? What, what, if, what, if, what if I write this script and, and pour my heart into it and it falls on deaf ears? Or like, what if we edit the script for, for my coworker and we put all this work in it and it goes nowhere? You know what I'm saying? Or even worse, what if it goes somewhere and then we have to act upon it? That's even scarier sometimes. That's you know the, what I'm saying? I think that's the biggest fear for some people is like, bro, for me personally, when I started reaching out to a bunch of you guys about doing this podcast, the scariest part is when I sent the message and I was like, okay, it's real. They're going to respond. Yes, no, we're doing it. It's a hard thing for a lot of people, man. At the end of the day, you just got to be comfortable with who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like whether people like you or they don't like you, that's okay. Like you got to be you, you know, treat people with respect, but genuinely be you. If someone says something you don't agree with, respectfully disagree. Don't always turn into being a yes man or somebody who just goes with the crowd because it's what you think you're expected to do. Like be true to you. If you don't want to go out on a weekend night, and drink beers at the neighborhood pub and watch the Celtics play, and you want to stay in and work on something that you have, do it. Because you stack a few of those nights in a row, then you're going to gain momentum and you're going to be like, okay, like, I really want to do this. I really want to write this. I really want to finish this business plan. I really want to create this email list or a contact list and try and get people to invest in my company. Like, when you really make the sacrifices and stay true and have an awareness of what you really want to see, in your future, what's not for you becomes very evident. It becomes very obvious. You know, you can clearly tell on a decision by decision basis, will this help me get closer to where I want to be? Or will this distract me or detract me from where I want to be? And it sounds simple, but it's harder than people think. I was, I was on the, on the Ferris wheel, not the Ferris wheel, the hamster wheel for, for four and a half years. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm going to be working paying student loans, paying bills, doing this already. Why not be working towards something that potentially could make me the happiest person and bring me that success that we were talking about earlier? Why not? Like, what do we have to lose? Right. You know, it's about sacrifice and it's a hard thing. Exactly. It's like, you might have to work a nine to five 
and then put in 20, 30 hours over that seven day period into your crafts. I love when, uh, do you, do you follow Gary V? Oh yeah. He's been a huge inspiration to me in starting this whole thing. When, yeah. When, when, when we were talking earlier about how I was inspired by my students' creativity and stuff, I said, amongst other things, looking at Gary V content every day was extremely inspiring, extremely motivational. Looking at, you know, how this guy's showing you that he is one of the most successful people in the world. He's showing you who he authentically is. He's swearing up a storm. He's doing this. He's doing that. But he's showing you how he was carrying crates of booze into his friend's trunks at his dad's liquor store for years. And he was nowhere near what this, what he is now and how he was doing wine TV YouTubes for years before he got his empathy wines company going like the authenticity and his message really inspired me as a teacher to be like, okay, this job doesn't have to be permanent. I love this job. I love this career. I would love to work my way up, be an administrator, be an athletic director, be a Dean, whatever, be a vice principal. I mean, I could have done that. I, I still might go back and do that when it's all said and done. But at this point in my life, I have the opportunity. I have the team assembled around me. I have everything I need to make it happen. I just got to be all in. And his content really inspired me. Um, Gerard Adams content really inspired me. Um, David Meltzer really inspired me. Another guy who was a millionaire CEO of sports one marketing went completely bankrupt and had to work his way back up. Like they all go through it. Yeah, you know, dude. everybody goes through it. I think you, like you said, you got to be all in. And I think, I, even just a year ago, I told myself, okay, I'm going to be all in at this. And I, I, the idea is to, is to have this podcast for me be my full-time gig, even though I don't make Absolutely. a dollar off this. And I have a side job. I was waiting tables on the side. And I think over the last year, I have sort of let the restaurant bartending waiting take over. And I've been spending maybe 50 hours doing that shit and focusing on making money and put this thing as a side. And it's like, that's why you know, a couple of weeks before this coronavirus thing hit, I was sort of offered, offered a, an opportunity to take a bigger step in the restaurant business that would have consumed my life for a minimum of five years. And I wouldn't have been able to do this. And for a week I was like, okay, I think I'm going to take this step for my financial process. I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I can't do this. This is what I want to do. I got to find a way to really buck down and do it. And that's why for me personally, this coronavirus quarantine has been beneficial because it's given me 30 days to fucking get all my bad ideas out and struggle. Be like, I hate this. I can't, can't do this. I'm not confident. And where I finally came up with a good idea where I'm going to say, oh, wow, I got a little bit of momentum. I can start spinning the ball again, do some content every day, as opposed to spin the ball, let it stop, spin the ball, let it stop. Because when that ball is spinning, it's easier to keep it moving. So mm -hmm. Momentum, momentum. Yeah, it's kind of about being all in and, and the mindset. And like we talked about earlier, the mindset of I'm going to have to wake up and treat this like a job six, seven days a week is scary. But like you can get over that shit. And that's sort of where I'm at mentally right now. I would say this COVID-19 has given us all an opportunity to wake up to how distracted we are. You know, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean that in a sense that the first week of quarantine people were like ah ha, ha, quarantine yeah. blah 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 yeah. second week of quarantine people were like oh my god like two weeks in blah 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 third week people were losing their minds and it's like what are you losing your mind about you know i understand i understand the employment thing i'm not i'm not discrediting that but i'm saying out which is a big thing but outside of that we are all in this together and we are realizing that all this time on our hands, the fact that we're not at work every day, the fact that we're not engaging in that commute every day, the fact that we're not engaging in that misery of being at work in that misery every single day has made us realize that we have so much time on our hands to be grateful for these dreams we have or our missions or our creative projects. Like, if you're not spending this time right now diving into those, you're actually not really passionate about those in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Well, like COVID-19 like, has given people an opportunity to realize like it's time to put up or shut up, you know, like yeah. you have no distractions from 
your specific dream that you want to chase. So you're either going to do it or start building the plan to get towards it, or you're, you should just hang it up, you know? No, I totally, I totally agree with that. I think that's for, for like people like you and I, we've had that mindset and people who want to work in the creative fields. But like, I know so many people who just live, you know, they, they work their, their jobs, they go out on the weekends, they love to drink beer. For those people, I, I get the struggle. But I guess like kind of the reason why I'm doing this series is because I know a lot of those same people I've spoken to and they have, they may have ideas to start a creative project. And that's why I'm reaching out to a lot of people in the creative world to sort of inspire some of the other people who may have thought about it, but afraid to take that ledge or have may have struggled like I have been struggling. You know, and fear, fear of judgment is, is crazy, right? I mean, you don't know if you want to do something until a family member or someone close to you completely like tears down your idea. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like, that's, that's when, that's when you're like, okay, wow. Um, this person's opinion has meant so much to me my entire life. You know, I've just kind of accepted it for truth. You know, every time they've told me advice, are they right? Or, or am I right? You know, like not to say that a bunch of people have close to me have done that, but there have been, there have been friends who, who, you know, kind of distance themselves or talk negatively, you know, about, about the venture and stuff like that. And that's okay. But it's just, those, those definitely do hurt. And those, those end a lot of dreams quicker than, um, you know, your own, your own fear of failure. Sometimes a lot of people are afraid to be judged. Everybody wants to fit in. Nobody wants to ruffle the feathers or stir the pot. Everyone wants to go with the status quo and not kind of separate themselves from the pack. I'd say, you know, that fear of judgment is real. Yeah, man. Well, that's like, you could do it in a whole series on that alone is like family members and how, you know, dealing with their criticism and how you were raised and like, oh my gosh, was I right? Like you grow up with one mindset and then you get to be an, an adult and you're like, whoa, that was kind of fucked up. Some of the shit that I was doing was wrong where I thought I was right and like stubbornness and stuff. But like, yo, so how have you dealt with criticism from have you had a lot of you've had a lot of criticism like you just said like how have you dealt with some of that shit we haven't really had a lot of a lot of criticism but um there have been times where there has been criticism absolutely i mean whenever i pitch pitch the idea to people i tell them up front you know i want you to poke holes in it i want you to yeah tear this down i i need to see this from complete devil's advocate um perspective and there are times there are there are tough there were tough moments, you know, where it was like, wow, like I thought this idea was so good. Like I never even thought about that loophole. Okay. And it's humbling, you know, you, you need to have humility if you want to accept criticism. And, and luckily, you know, being an athlete, you know, getting to the college level, you know, playing, playing at a, at a pretty high level, you know, I'm, I'm geared towards accepting criticism, you know, you know, that, that tough coaching type, that tough love. So, Along the process, as, as people told me, you know, oh, I don't like that logo. I think that logo's trash. Um, well, well, the app functions pretty neat, but what if you did this? This app does this, blah, 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 blah. Do you even really think this will work, blah, blah, blah? I mean, I can remember talking to one of my uncle's friends um, who's a very successful man, um, creator, um, innovator, you know, very successful um, in Manhattan, all across the globe, you know, speaks at conferences all across the world. And, and I got his number. My uncle was like, you need to talk to him, you know, shoot your idea off him. He'll, he'll, he'll help you formulate it moving forward. And he just kind of like tried to rip me. Like I, I called this guy, I was driving from New York back to Massachusetts. I'm like, all right, I'm going to call him. I'm going to have a nice long conversation. This will be a good talk. You know, I'll help the business build it. And this dude just ripped it to shreds. You know, and I'm in this situation like this is my uncle's best friend. This guy is a good dude. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna react right now. But it was hard. Like it was hard. You know, it's it's very hard when you put your heart and soul into something, and and somebody just kind of tears it down like out of love. But I, it at the in the moment it doesn't feel like it's out of love. You know, it's like wow, I want to like yell, but I can't. Like th this person has valid insight. You know. Was he, was he correct in that moment? Or did you look back and say he was no, right? Or he, like he was, no, he was, he was right. Absolutely. Okay. It was just, I was so young and, and we were such an infantile start of uh, point in the startup that it was like, I, 
I didn't like want to hear it, you know, like, like I was embarrassed that I hadn't done my due diligence to kind of close these loopholes before I had the conversation. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like an embarrassment. Like I was upset, but I was really upset at myself. Once, once we, once I processed it, you know, after the call, we had a great call, but it was like, once I processed it after the call, I was like, realistically, I'm upset with myself, you know? It was a learning experience. You probably grew from that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, grew, grew so much from that. And every single person I've talked to since that, or I've, or I've kind of used as a soundboard since that, like my mindset going into the conversation has been so different. Like I learned from it. I know where they're going to go, how they want to kind of poke at it first. And I'm prepared for that. You know, it, it really was a necessary thing, but it was just, just to not di- digress too much having criticism from people close to you, you know what I'm saying? Not hate, you know, really constructive criticism is tough to hear because obviously, you know, your ego gets involved, but at those moments you need to think about what is best for the business, not what is best for my emotions, you know? And that is, once it's a real thing, that is tough, especially, I mean, my brother is my older brother, right? So he's head of operations. He does, he's the guy behind the scenes doing everything, you know, just absolutely a machine right and he's my brother so like when we have discussions it's like okay i need to take my brother hat off my 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 younger brother hat off and not get emotional about this and understand that he is coming to this conversation strictly about the business you know so that's where i've grown the most through this process you know being able to remove remove the emotional reaction aspect and really isolate isolate my brain in the sense that we got to think about this from the business. He's not critiquing me as a human being. He's critiquing yeah. how we're operating. He's just trying to make this best case scenario, you know, run smoothly. He's thinking five steps ahead to my two steps ahead. So it's yeah. like the it's a game growth, of chess. Yeah, exactly. You know, you yeah. have to be open to, to, to change yourself. And I could write a journal about that. I could write a book about that personally, but that is definitely criticism from those around you is tough to swallow for me at least at first but i'm getting better you know it's it's a process you know you got it you got it like you said you got to have thick skin and be able to be coach coach bill belichick always talks about that talks about mm-hmm. how if you got to be able to come in make the mistakes and learn from the mistakes i think that like you know i've had to, i've dealt with and i'm sure everybody's dealt with this shit i've started like i was doing a vegan 30-day vegan challenge and uh, for, you know, my own health because of the cruelty of animals, a lot of different reasons. And I had some, I had people reach out to me and be like, stop, you're not an influencer. What are you doing? You're not going to change anything like pessimistic people. And I just, I don't understand. It's like, I don't understand how people, when I see people step outside of their comfort zone and try something that's positive and optimistic and is looking to get, educate people, I always try to, uh, give those people props it's, or like, you know, give that share a like on Instagram or give that, like I saw you post your photography account, like which had like a hundred or so follows. I'm, I'm going to follow that. He's stepping outside of his comfort zone and doing something different. I'm going to support that where there's a lot of people that like bring, try to bring you down, man. And it's the people in my life who have done that. I kind of look back in history and I'm like, Oh, you know what? They've always kind of been there to like always. say the negative shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm in self-reflection and that's what a lot of this podcast series is for me i feel like i have probably been that guy too in the past and it's about like self-actualization and be like i'm so happy you said that maybe i can like maybe i can grow and change and try to like not be the shitty person i once was you know it's about gratitude i am so happy you just said that 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 is the most powerful thing we've talked about this entire conversation that self-awareness and that self-actualization you know i can only be aware of the negative energy around me realistically once i'm aware of the negative energy i've put out you know when you when you start to see people operate that way around you and 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 distribute that negative energy towards you and then you can see how you've done that in your life some people don't care. Some people are like, okay, I need to correct that. That is not right. I need to be better in that area or in those areas, X, Y, Z. And that self-awareness is everything when it comes to that energy flow, that energy exchange. Realistically, your energy introduces you when you walk into a room way before you say your first word. Oh, yeah. And once, once you're in tune with that and understand that, wow, negative people tend to be 
consistently negative people, it's like so obvious. You can just see and understand that you don't, you don't owe them anything, you know? And a lot of people on the vegan kick talking talking negatively about you, you know, it's a lot of insecurity in them. You know, they wish they could do it, but they're not willing to take that step like you are. So they feel like you just posting about it is you boasting in their face when it's not even close to the case, but they internalize it like that um, because they have to do some work on them. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's sad, but you want a positive tribe. Yeah, dude. And I think that like, it's hard to go from, and you have that self-actualization realization where you see that maybe I am being pessimistic and negative. I think the harder and even harder thing is to make that change. And I think personally in my life, I've gravitated towards mental health and wellness and diet, slowing down the alcohol intake, athletics, try to do like healthy things, meditation. I haven't gone towards the yoga yet, but like it's a slow process. You don't just change overnight. You can't just change a mindset overnight. It takes time and patience and discipline. I got to uh, actually go to this, this uh, event with Gerard Adams um, this past fall in, in New York. It was a two-day event, and a lot of it had to do with mastery, you know, self-mastery. You know, have you ever audited yourself? So pick five things that you have to do every day. Like five things that you'd want to do every day. You know, wake up, um, make breakfast, you know, work out, um, read a book, write in your journal, right? It can be a different five for anybody, okay? Make, get a calendar and every single day check off the box when you did it. <clears throat> Audit yourself. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, see how many times you consistently got all five done or how many times you didn't get all five done. And you have to actually be real with yourself and understand that there is power in consistency. And until you have a month straight of all those five boxes checked off every day, you cannot honestly say that you're at your best. You know, you're not, you're not even close to self-mastery, right? Again, back to the distraction thing. Five simple things, you know, brush your teeth, make breakfast, you know, work out, read a book, write in your journal or, or, or write, write, write an article or, or write a nice note to somebody, make it, make anything, make your five, anything and see how good you are at your self mastery. I was terrible at it. You know, I was terrible at it. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be getting things done and, and making these moves and getting these, these investors to, to get into our business and stuff. And who am I? I can't even handle these five things for a week straight. Like, what am I, you know, but yeah. self-mastery, self-awareness, that's, that's where the power is, you know, 1% better every day. Like, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout this entire process is if you want to, like the, the cliche quote, if you, if you want to go places you've never gone, you need to do things you've never done, essentially. Like, I've never really audited myself and really reverse engineered how my, how my habits are, you know, successful habits breed success. Yeah, man. And it's like, I, that's why I, I like professional athletes or celebrities or whoever in the media who promote this shit, because like, I don't know, I didn't grow up with that mindset and it's, and it's, that's, so there's so many knocks on social media, but I, it's, it's about what the content you put in front of you is. I put all, I follow all positive people, optimistic people. I follow weird accounts like positive quotes and shit like that. If you're just putting positive quotes in front of your eyes every day, it might take five days, five weeks, or 500 times to see that shit before it sinks into your eyes. But is it really weird though? You know, is it really weird? Well, it, w it was when you started out at because time, you have been conditioned, you know? Yes. But, yes. And, and we're conditioned, you know? And it takes time to make a change in yourself and I don't know, man. I've enjoyed this conversation, man. This is cool catching up with you. It's, it sounds Me like too. you're doing love, fucking awesome. I'd love to keep going, you know. I'm, 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 I love this. This is, this is, this is great. Um, all right, man. Let's see. I do have some questions. Let's see. Uh, have you taken any risks on this journey so far? Oh, my God. Have I taken risks? So <clears throat> I just wrote an article for Tabor, Tabor Magazine. They reached out to me wanted to write something it's gonna be i don't know if it's gonna be on Tabor in Tabor magazine or on the website long story short a year ago i'm on instagram right Tabor alumni association posts a picture of lebron james i'm like what is this why are we posting about lebron james i read the caption it's uh you may recognize 
this guy, but he just partnered up with Tabor Academy alumni, Bill Phelps, class of 1974, um, and his company, Blaze Pizza. I had always thought that LeBron owned Blaze Pizza. He's only like a 2% owner. It's really owned by Bill Phelps and, and these other people who happens, he's a Tabor grad. So I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a Tabor grad. Like, who is this dude? Went on Instagram, searched him, found him, hit him with a DM. Like, bam. Hey, Mr. Phelps, congrats on the success of Blaze Pizza being named like America's fast food restaurant, fast food pizza restaurant of the year. Um, that's awesome. Rooting for your success. You know, he, he responds to me, Sebastian, thank you. What are you up to? <laughs> Starts with that. And I, hey, and I read that, that message and I'm like, okay. <laughs> should I tell him a dumb answer, like a politically correct answer, or should I tell him like, what I'm doing, you know, like what oh, we're actually, real. yeah, you know, and like tell them that I just started a business and I just started a YouTube and like I really want to interview him and like I really want to talk to him and get his story about connecting with LeBron on TV. I mean, on YouTube and on on tape and stuff. Like, should I reach out here and see if this millionaire would be interested in spending time with me? You know, Seb Sabo and No Name Entrepreneur in Fall River. Like, like is this worth it? You know, I was my pride was like, don't even ask him. He's gonna say no. But whatever, after staring at the Instagram DM screen for God knows how long, you know, I just shot my shot. my shot. You know, I took my shot and I just kept it real. I didn't want to word it funny. I just told them, listen, my brother and, my, and, and I started a company. We're doing a YouTube content series with successful business people and entrepreneurs, you know, experts in their field about how they got to where they're at and the importance of networking to grow one's career. Would you be interested in sitting down? said yes okay. you know and 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 i ended up getting on on a call with him for an hour um talking to him about the business you know spitballing the business with him the same way i spitball it with with my uncle's friend and it was an unbelievable conversation loves the idea you know i, I wasn't even talking to him about investing you know i'm just talking to him about the company and, and using him as a mentor right like give me your advice like i need to know you know, and he's talking about the marketing strategy, who we should go for, for ambassadors, stuff like that, how he's going to be doing a deal with a very famous rapper from Toronto who I can't name, um, you know, and Justin Bieber's ex-girlfriend who I can't name, how that's going to be coming out in 2020. And, and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm on the inside of this. This guy's telling me, you know, crazy details about the industry. And then Tabor Day came around and he allowed me to interview him. We were in the headmaster's house. Oh, all alone, man, dude. All alone, you know, just me, Bill Phelps, the, and the team with the cameras and stuff. And we had a great conversation. That'll be a, a Stay Busy TV, TV episode in the near future. But took a risk, talked, reached out to a guy who the only thing we have in common is the high school we went to. We're 40 years apart. But, like, why not, man? Like, if, if he says yes and he gives you the opportunity, it's it's – it's best case scenario. If he says, no, you're right where you were before you, before you ask, like, what do you have to lose? People love to help. I've come across this throughout this entire, this entire journey. Genuine people love yeah. to help people who are trying to make their way. Like yes. I cannot stress that enough. I've interacted with Bill Phelps, David Meltzer, Gerard Adams. They are genuine people who they don't care where you're from, what you're about. If you're about your mission, they are going to help you, you know? And it's just, I'm grateful for that, but it has been scary. Another risk, you know, I'm, we're asking for investment, right? We build a strategy, um, who we're going to target, stuff like that, who we're going to go ask. And I'm asking people for hundreds of thousands of dollars, man. Like, yeah, I have the pitch deck. I have the business plan, like, built, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm just coming to people and asking them to talk. And, like, it's no hard feelings if you say no, but I'm really trying to build this vision, like, are you interested in investing in this? You know, just asking my friends, parents, you know, relatives, you know, people who I'm connected, I've connected with through the Tabor alumni directory, you know, random celebrities, I'm DMing their managers, I'm emailing their managers. Like I'm talking like just shooting out emails, like 25 emails a day, like to people who, if they respond great, if they don't, you know, you need to get 50 no's before you get a yes. Like that's 100%. You yeah. know, that's the biggest risk. That's what people don't understand. And it got to the point where my brother and I, you know, every single day, every single morning, we're like, all right, how many no's can we get today before we get to the yes? Like, let's yeah. go get some no's today. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. straight up, like, that's literally the mentality. Like, we're vocalizing that every morning. Like, okay, how many no's can we get today? I'm asking anybody and everybody, if they got 15 minutes of time, let me talk to you. Let me get you here for a bit. 
If it's a no, great. If it's a yes, let's talk more. You know, and just understanding that you, the quicker you get through those no's, the quicker you get through those failures, you know, the quicker you're going to get to that ultimate yes. You know, I think it's the guy who built LinkedIn got like 57 no's before he got a yes for an investor. Like if he had to do that, why don't I have to do that? You know? Like Dr. Seuss went to 27 different publishers before they accepted his book. Yeah. And he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, dude. I think that that mindset relates to like life too. And like, I remember I was telling this, this a friend of mine who had like, was trying to like ask this girl out. I was like, bro, like she's, she's like super hot and she's probably going to say no, but you got to be able to deal with that rejection and then move on to something else. Like you got to build the confidence, go ask the girl out. You got to shoot your shot. That would, that's what I did with you. I, I sent an invitation to this to somebody who works, who's a professional basketball player on an NBA team. And we have dialogue and we're trying to figure out whether, you know, when the right time to do something like this is. And I was like, when they responded, I was like, Oh shit, bro. Gave, gave me confidence, you know? And I think that like, you know, like you said earlier about people want to help other people. It's not even just about this business. It's in life too. I remember when I moved up from waiting tables to being a bartender, somebody else moved up from being busser to being a waiter. And I was like, I'm going to work with you. You don't, you can't offer me anything, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to help you with the menu and all the drinks, everything you can. Because I remember when I started working here, the assholes behind the bar didn't help me with shit. So it's like, it's that empathy and, and feeling like I know what it's like for somebody not to help me out. Even if you don't get anything in return, that's how I try. I'm not saying I've always been like that, but that's like the mindset I'm trying to build going forward. And that's like, this show is like, maybe I could try to inspire some people to step outside of their comfort zone and do some cool shit. I mean, you've inspired me realistically. I'm not even trying to be corny. I mean, this is awesome. Um, and to Thank add you. on, onto that, onto that gratitude point, right. Meltzer always talks about, you doing deeds and, and helping other people and offering help and taking care of other people is filling a void like in the universe. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's an energy exchange. You helping somebody is going to come back around in the end somehow in a form of karma that will essentially be a benefit to you. And not that that's the reason why you should help people, but just understand that helping people will reward you twofold you're gonna feel that emotional exchange that 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 empathetic i'm helping this person this is good and karma is also going to come around double fold and help you in the long run like the favor will be returned you just need to be open for it yo karma i i've always believed in karma but like a quick story man i got these two wild dogs that i take out to the trails every day which i post Mm -hmm. on my social media all the time they're hunters they're one's a a hound and the other's a pit bull and they hunt squirrels and chipmunks and one day we're on the woods and they caught a squirrel they catch them all the time but i kind of just i normally i try to break it up because i don't like things being killed even though it's in their natural habitat and that's what they're bred to do but like, I kind of just sat there and like watched and I like tried to get a picture. I mean, it's not the nicest thing to do watching an animal, you know, get torn to shreds. Like I normally, I break it up. But that time I just sat there and I kind of like let them do it. And I watched and instantly when they stopped, bro, we got it. We all, me and my two dogs got attacked by a, a, a wasp, a, a big thing of hornets. And I was like, there's no way that's fucking coincidence. That's saying we're fucking with the animals here. And the other, and God is sending these other animals. I got stung all over my leg, my body, my dogs in their head and shit. And I was like, no more messing with the animals. Doesn't matter if it's bread. And I, from that moment, I was like, that's too, that's not a coincidence, man. That was it's not a coincidence. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my man. Best point, best example that you could have given. Yeah, that, that was last summer. That was wild, man. Um, it's real. My dude, do you have any uh, any other things you want to talk about, or we've been doing this for almost yeah. an hour now? Or yeah, let's let's talk real quick. Um, you know, off topic, man. What's up with the Patriots this year? What are you thinking? All right, I so- think I'm, I think I'm more <laughs> optimistic. I think I'm more optimistic than most. But what's up? Well, I'm optimistic because they have Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels is still the offensive coordinator. They got David Andrews coming back. They still got McCourty in the safety, so they have a little bit of leadership. Um, the draft was kind of stuns me. It stunned me, but it didn't stun me because Belichick always pulls these little things out of his hat. Like let's trade out of the first round. Let's draft a division two player with our first overall pick that nobody's ever heard of. So like 
I think there were some holes on the team at receiver, and they didn't draft a receiver, one of the best receiver classes of the drafts ever had. Um, they have the hardest schedule out of any all 32 teams next year. And I just, from a fan's perspective, I'm so, I'm so excited because like last year it was like the first two and a half months are going to, we're going to go undefeated. And then the real season starts. I feel like this year, man, we're going to get to be like real fans in it every week. What's going to happen. So that's what I'm looking forward to. But you got any thoughts on like Tom Brady leaving or anything like that? Or let me put it to you this way. I, I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest thing that ever happened to my childhood. It, it, I'm not going to say it was time, but it, it's out of our control. Clearly, no one will ever understand what went down between those two besides those two. Um, you can cut, you can slice this however you want it. I mean, there, there's, there's a right move in moving on from him. There's a right move in paying his due, just like Kobe RIP got his contract before he was, you know, done. Um, I would love to have Tom Brady right off into the sunset as a New England Patriot, but that is not the case, so we have to move on. Um, I actually was at the Buffalo game last year and then the Miami game the next year. Um, I was walking out of the stadium of the Miami game. Wait, the Miami – with the Miami Miracle game? No, 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 no. This, at the end of the season, the thing that lost – Oh, 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 that Miami game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Dude, I, we, we – before halftime, we could have gone down the field and scored a touchdown. They ran out the clock, and I essentially said to my girlfriend, I said, that's really weird. I don't know what's going on. But I know for a fact that Tom Brady would want to score that touchdown. But somehow, some way, we're playing this for the second half. We end up getting the lead. I walk out of the stadium, and then all of a sudden, the Dolphins win the game late. And, oh, no. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be it. Like, we're going to lose in the playoffs if we don't have home field in the bye. And that was that week where I prepared myself, you know. You got to understand that life, life after Tom Brady is going to be, is going to be here sooner than you, than you want to admit. But I like where we're at. Tom Brady's going to take the Bucks to the playoffs next year. He could potentially win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to doubt that guy. That guy's the greatest who ever lived. But we need to move forward. If it's Stidham, it's Stidham. If it's a competition between Stidham, Hoyer, and whoever we just brought in, then it's a competition between Stidham, Hoyer, and the undrafted rookies. But I'll tell you one thing. If you watch the tape of the people we drafted, they're nice. The tight ends can play. The kid, Asi Asi, from – UCLA can get behind the defense. He can run routes. He's got great hands. The tight end, Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech, he's good in the screen game. He's great in the block game. He's 6'4". He's a man. Duggar, I love the pick with Duggar. You know, I'm not familiar with the kid, obviously, but we didn't have a second-round pick. Clearly, they weren't going to pick anybody in the first round. Clearly, he valued Uche very high, who didn't play that much at Michigan, but, I mean, think about it. There are a lot of good D linemen coming out of Michigan the past few years. Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich. Oh, Michigan you know, crew, bro. It's awesome. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be legit off the edge. Duggar, we're gonna need a safety in the next two years. Okay, with McCordy and Chung old. I don't know what Adrian Phillips is gonna bring us. We run three safeties anyway. Okay. He can return kicks. He killed it at the combine. He was great in the senior bowl. You know, you gotta give the kid a chance. You know, I think he'll be legit, but you're not really reaching in the second round realistically obviously there are more names there are bigger names like Delpit but you know McKinney but realistically Bill Belichick doesn't bring in those guys Bill Belichick brings in guys who are like specifically suited to to play in the scheme and I think that our defense is going to be legit I love JC Jackson I love Stephon Gilmore I love Jason McCourty I love Devin McCourty you know I love our DBs we still got Lawrence Guy our linebackers, Jawan Bentley, two years ago before he got hurt, was the best linebacker on our team. I think he's going to be a savage with Hightower, with Winovich. This kid Uche, I think, is going to be legit, you know. And, and I think that Isaiah Wynn, if he stays healthy, will be a good left tackle. If Marcus Cannon stays healthy, he's a beast. But if not, that kid Kajusti we drafted last year is supposedly good out of West Virginia, you know. I, I'm not really hitting the panic button, man. This day was going to come sooner. You know, this day was going to come. I, I'm confident in Bill Belichick. Bro, I'm not hitting the panic button. I still think they're going to compete to win the division. The other teams have to prove themselves before they can. I like Sam Darnold in New York. He's getting better. They're building that program there. Um, the Buffalo quarterback, he's, he's getting stronger. I thought he made some poor decisions late in the game in the playoff game against the Ravens last year. Um, it feels kind of like they're, they're, they're trying to, like, they're tr on the defense – I feel like they're trying to go back to like 2001 and really build that defense up with guys like Vrabel and Law and Brewski and all those guys. 
just to touch on the Stefan Gilmore thing a little bit at that when you were at that Miami game, bro. I know he got defensive player of the year. He's one of the best corners in the league. He's a stud. He got torched. He, he got, got torched. They went to him three straight passes and completions on that last drive. And I'm watching that game like I'm laying on my bed. I'm like, what is going on? What is – they're coming back. They're coming back. They're like, I don't know. And as soon as they lost that game, I had – no, I didn't have any confidence in the playoffs. Everyone was like, oh, it's the Patriots. They peak in the playoffs. Just blah, 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 blah. You know, Barstool is posting these hype videos. El Prez is like – not this time. I didn't feel – it was the least confident I had ever been of the Patriots. And I was not happy with Stephon Gilmore at all. Um, One more note about them. I believe in Nikhil Harry. Okay. Jury's still out. Let me put it to you this way. The two games that I went to, there were a lot of plays. There were a lot of plays where he had his man torched off the line of scrimmage. And there were a lot of plays that you don't see on television where he is open and Great. he did not get the football. Whether it was a time thing, whether it was a I'm going to feed Edelman thing, but to be honest, that boy can ball. He was injured for the first eight, nine weeks of the season. He didn't have the opportunity to build that camaraderie with his quarterback. He was thrown into it late, okay? I think we misused him a little bit. I think we need to have a little bit more of the – you're one-on-one on the sideline. We're going to throw it up to you, and we're going to let you go get it. I think Nikhil Harry is not going to fall into the terrible draft picks at wide receiver by Bill Belichick category. Yeah. Yeah. He is not Aaron Dobson. He is not Chad Jackson. He is not any of these guys. I legitimately think he will be a problem next year. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I guess, the, you know, in retrospect, having two months of your first NFL season off is probably a really shitty way to start your career. So Absolutely. Um, what was I say? Oh, and the whole notion that towards the end of the season, everyone was like, oh, the Patriots aren't giving Tom Brady enough weapons. I kind of disagreed with that because when the season started, they had the best receiver core in the NFL and all media was talking about is, is 16 and 0 a possibility. And you got injuries, you got, um, you know, Antonio Brown getting, getting cut, which I don't blame Kraft for. Um, and you had what's his name relapse and then gets, and then, uh, or not relapse, but who's the receiver that we picked up? Gordon. Gordon. Josh Gordon, who ended up getting cut and then relapsed. So it wasn't that the Patriots weren't – they had surrounded Brady with a lot of weapons. You know, the fullback gets injured out for the season. We lose our center. Gronk's retired. It's just that the, was the way biggest things thing. go. That was the biggest the thing. The biggest go. thing was no fullback, which affected the power run game, and no greatest tight end of all time, which affected the power run game and the play action game. That's what it was. And David Andrews. And David Andrews was like, he, those three guys are, I know Gronk's appreciated, but Devlin is one of the better fullbacks in the league. Um, David Andrews was manhandling Sue in the, in the Super Bowl. It's like, even though he's undrafted pick, that guy's a very underrated guy. So you, that, those are some underappreciated core guys they didn't have last season. You take away a depleted um, receiver crew, the defense falls apart late. I mean, that was a fraud defense. I know that they were talking about Greatest defense of all time at one point at the beginning of the year. Not at all. They got fucking exposed. But I'm excited. I'm really excited because they have a very challenging schedule. And new quarterback, man. It's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm so excited for the Patriots. I believe, I believe in Jared Stidham. Not to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady, but I think if you give the kid a chance, I think he can be good. I think he can not turn the ball over and make some good throws. That's just me. But, you know, I'm, I'm always optimistic. So how did you feel when Gronk signed with the Bucks? I knew it was going to happen. The day that Tom Brady signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I looked at my brother and I said, Rob Gronkowski has a house in Tampa Bay. I will guarantee you he comes out of retirement. And he ended up coming out of retirement. I'm happy you had, for to him. Know, you had to know Gronk wasn't done, but they deserve to be paired off. Yeah. They deserve the opportunity to go give this a go. I mean, I'm not going to sleep on them. Look what Bruce Arians did with Kurt Warner. In Arizona, look what he's going to do with Tom Brady. If Jameis threw for 5,000 yards in that offense last year, what do you think Tom Brady's going to do with Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard? What do you think he's going to do? Let's be realistic. We've seen, we've seen this before. We ain't dumb. You're, you're a diehard Pats fan. You yeah. know what happens when that man can throw and he has weapons. I don't blame. The only, th- the only thing I'll ever say about Gronk negatively is that well, there's two things. One was, was that he retired late in a free agency, which screwed the Patriots on signing a tight end last year. 
And the other thing that just popped into the top of my head was, which didn't even account for anything, was in that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs when Brady threw that interception late in the game, which would have ended the game, but D. Ford was offsides. I thought that was Gronk's fault. I thought Tom Brady put the ball right on his hands and Gronk mis- misjudged his feet and was stumbled to catch it. But it didn't matter. So those are the, you know, other than that, dude, Gronk, you know, I don't care what he does off the field. If he wants to go have fun, he's one of the hardest working guys in the NFL. I mean, he said he's, he's always said, I'm only playing for Brady. He gave New England everything he had through injuries and everything. So I was, he's one of my favorite players. I have his jersey. I was pumped to see him come back. I'm not mad at all about the guy. Neither am I. I'm happy for him. Go get, go get another trophy and win the NFC. We don't have to see them until next year. So, Oh, that's going to be so much fun, dude. I cannot wait for that. Ooh. I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the we're retiring Tom Brady's jersey day and revealing a statue outside of Gillette Stadium. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, that's going to be dope. All right, man. It's been a, it's, I've really enjoyed this conversation, bro. It's cool catching Same. up with you. It's yeah, this cool. is great. It looks like you're doing well. I didn't realize, man. It's cool to talk to you and hear all this stuff out. You're like, you're like what I want to do. I'm going to get to, like, you're like ahead of me. So now I have like, okay, like I got like not something to chase, but I'm like, okay, man, I'm going to try to catch up with Salvo. And it might take a long time, bro. But like, you know, there are a lot of people that are doing what we're doing. And it's one thing to be jealous and say like, damn, bro, like screw that guy. But no, man, I'm trying to like, you know, pick your brain and connect with you and fucking share some ideas and shit like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We all run our own race. I mean, I'm, let's let's keep the lines open, right? Definitely. Let's not let's not have this be a once every uh, every yeah. quarantine, every every pandemic type deal. Because this was awesome. I I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I think that if we if we come together, I think that we can both kind of help each other out in, in a very big way. We'll be good, bro. It's been, Thanks, thank Taylor. you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Yeah. Peace. All right, brother. Peace.